Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you saw that I just published another new episode. Um, It's a special essay I wrote about buying my little boy his first pair of glasses. And I know you know that I haven't published a new episode in a couple of weeks, so I wanted to make it up to you with a couple of new ones. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to start off with a work update. So work is good. Uh, My current clients are Munchkin and a woman named Whitney Johnson, who is a financial consultant who recently published her second book called Building an A-Team. She worked on Wall Street for a long time. Um, She lives over on the East Coast. We met at Alt Summit. And um, she's just a really inspiring um, woman. Anyway, I write a couple blog posts for Munchkin's blog each month, and I sometimes take photos for those too, and then I also write articles for um, the Harvard Business Review, Medium, and LinkedIn for uh, Mrs. Johnson. Both are incredible clients, and I love them. They're like the nicest people, um, so easy to work with, so great. And I feel like I've learned a ton. But I have to tell you a conundrum that I just realized I'm in from the other night. And maybe you can relate if you're a freelancer, if you're used to work full-time in an office and you no longer do, whether you're a stay-at-home parent or you're now a freelancer. Or if you're a stay-at-home parent who wishes you had a little more adult interaction. Um, so I was talking to my husband the other night and realized I'm having writer's block, like big time. And I do believe in writer's block. I don't think it's some magical thing to get writer's block or, or the act of writing is some magical thing. Um, I know for me that there are systems and habits that keep writer's block at bay. And when I'm consistently writing and not getting to emo about my writing and then I don't have writer's block it's like when I treat it like daily work I'm good it's when I take breaks it's when I get too philosophical about it um when I get seven months pregnant (laughs) when my morning schedule lapses and I don't have the time and space I'm used to to write in and then when my writing chair I have like a specific writing chair, you guys. <laughs> when that gets messed up or that setup with my pillows is messed up or my like playlist isn't working, those are all things that throw off my focus and these sort of like vibes that I set for myself and ultimately affect my productivity level and embarrassingly my mental health. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit. But I do get really stressed and I get really annoyed with myself that I'm not doing it, and then I try to blame somebody else that I'm not doing it, and even though they have nothing to do, nothing to do with why I'm not writing. Um, so the other thing I wanted to say about that is that on the topic of, you know, missing that feeling of community when you're writing, maybe for some people that doesn't matter. For me, that does really matter, and I have realized since early 2017 when I worked for Tubby Todd for the entirety of 2017 through um, the spring was that it was huge for me working when I worked remotely to have that feeling of community with them. 
and that says a lot about the team that Tubby Todd was building and the way that they managed, but we did a lot of calls every week, um, at least one, and we would text every once in a while, um, really good at communicating, asking questions, um, clarifying, and there was just a feeling of back and forth support and, and team, like being a part of the team, that is harder now because I don't have that and I realized I really miss that like a huge benefit to me of working which I really just associated with working with Tubby Todd was that feeling of community that even though I worked from home part-time I totally felt like I was a part of it and I could see in real time um, how what I wrote led to sales or what I wrote led to connection or what I wrote led to SEO results like it was or led to um you know the founder of the company being moved and that was really that really meant something to me and so I feel like that's that's missing a little bit so I'm trying to figure out how to to bring that back but the other thing I wanted to say is I think it's so easy to look at the outside like someone's life or my my life and be like oh like you're so busy of course you don't have time to do this or that or whatever but to be honest I know that I do and I've done all sorts of intentional and not intentional experiments on how to spend my time and I know for a fact that not only do I have time to work part-time I have more time when I do work part-time and I believe in that phrase, whatever time you have, you'll fill. And in the past, I filled that like with wholesome things or wasteful things, just like everybody. I've watched too much TV. I've read a ton. I've um, volunteered sometimes. I've just let life happen at me and not planned anything. I've shut everything down outside of taking care of my kids for some periods. I've worked 30 hours a week with no childcare. I've cooked a ton. I've like taught myself new recipes, made up new recipes, created a recipe book. I've um, taken time to just grow my personal relationships with my family. Um, and just like everybody, I'm trying to figure out what works as my children grow, as our family size grows, and as I grow and change. But I know, I really, really know at this point that when I'm not working at all, when I'm not writing, I am not 100%. And I know that I have to write. So all of this is to say I've been a totally a bah humbug, stick in the mud the last couple of days or weeks. But I forced myself out of it through pure grit. <laughs> not, not really, actually. But through some really great conversations with friends and my husband and some really sweet encouragement from this ongoing text thread that I have with my three sisters. And um, this morning I just got on and I read something and I published a new episode, podcast episode of an essay I wrote. And I think it just really helped just to like do it, do something. And, um, and then it helped me to get a little more motivated on some, some client work I'm working on. And I know this is going to sound really boring, but I do feel like the antidote to, to personally for a lot of my angst or like feelings of hopelessness 
is is work and and not always of course and that is a whole other episode that we could talk about i definitely don't think just about like getting to work um there's always a lot more to feeling the feelings that we have and um but i do feel like a lot of the time especially for me right now it is getting to work and just doing something it doesn't have even have to mean anything no one has to see it but just doing something make something with your hands color a picture like read a beautiful poem make your bed take a shower shave your legs comb your hair (laughs) smile at your baby hug him go for a walk um make yourself a healthy meal or go buy yourself a super healthy meal and eat it by yourself away from your family um Turn off your phone for an hour, for a day, for a week, for two weeks. Um, Listen to like a favorite song or an old favorite song that you still love but you haven't heard forever and sing along to it and like reminisce. Do the thing you've been procrastinating, whether that's work, if it's just like a dumb to-do that you've had on your list for years, um, something or something so simple that you know you need to do but you just don't really want to do it but it'll take two minutes and it'll be done. Just silly little things that can make a big difference when we need to feel like we're progressing and accomplishing something and growing. And I know how hard that can feel when you're at home with little kids and it feels like every day you wake up and everything is undone. It's it's not, but it can feel like that and it can kind of look like that when you're when you're in it. Um but anyway, I'm saying all this to myself, and I'm totally rambling, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm saying this to myself as much as to anyone else, but I am hoping I can stay a little more on track over the next week and kind of stabilize my daily fluctuations, and you know when you feel sick, like really, really sick with the flu or strep throat um, or something, and you can't remember what it's like to be healthy, and you feel like you'll never be healthy again, it's kind of like that black and white thinking that I want to steer steer away from. The absolute thought process that's so toxic. And like if it's been like this, it'll always be like this. If I do this, then I am this. Like today, if I'm, I'm grumpy and I can't seem to rally to do X, Y, Z, then I'm always lazy and I never get X, Y, Z done. Or if I've gotten up to work out, if I haven't gotten up to work out this week, That means I never work out and I'm lazy and I'm fat and blah, blah, I'll never be healthy. But these are all sorts of fun little things that we tell ourselves to keep ourselves down, but they're not true and they're lies. In the words of Anne Shirley, tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it. The best thing I read this week is something I watched. (laughs) <laughs> I actually have been reading a ton. I need to put together those book recommendations. They've been on Kindle, and it's hard for me to share. Like, it's not interesting for me to share screenshots of what I read on the Kindle. So I want to recommend the books, but, you know, I don't know. But anyway, this um, is a recommendation of a show on Netflix. It's the Dave, the new David Letterman um, show called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And I'm recommending his interview with... Jay-Z, Tina Fey, and Malala. Not all together. <laughs> that doesn't exist, but as separate episodes um, are so good. And he's interviewed tons of different celebrities, but these three have been my favorite so far. 
Um, I love the episode with Tina Fey. She walks on stage, and I'm not kidding. I don't know. She must have the most amazing stylist. I'm sure she does. But her outfit is so beautiful. She's just wearing like this white blouse, high-waisted, I think navy, um, like, like kind of, I don't know what material. They look like linen or silk pants. And oh my gosh, her hair is so classic. Anyway, she looks so beautiful. And she comes out and they just, um, she just really is a queen of like the stage. And it's like David Letterman is hosting her and interviewing her, but it kind of feels like she's hosting him a little bit in the best sort of way. And you find out her full name. Um, which is actually Elizabeth Stamatina Fay, And you learn a little more about bossy pants and how hard that was for her to write. Love that book. And then another episode, he has Jay-Z on, which I know nothing, I don't really know that much about him. But um, there's this part in the interview where he actually asks him about cheating. about cheating on Beyonce, but without asking about it. It's just like a very cleverly, like he's just a master interviewer. Like it's pretty amazing. He basically makes it about himself, Letterman does, but then also has this discussion about like how they can change as men. Um, It it is interesting. Um, So I love that. And then in the Jay-Z episode, they, they have these little excerpts in the middle where Letterman goes to places they talk about during the interview. And in this one, he goes, I think it must be LA. Looks like LA. Um, and he's going to this famous like music producers. It looks like his home, but it's also um, a studio. And he sees this like bus in the backyard where he record he recorded Kanye's like most recent album. And they go in the house, and there is um, this woman who's like an emerging artist, and she records one of her songs right there with a bunch of musicians. And, oh my gosh, well, first of all, she is so beautiful. I don't know her name. I need to do, I need to look into it, but she starts singing and, or talking first to Letterman a little bit, and her voice is like, you know when you can tell someone can sing really well, because they, even when they speak, their voice is just so beautiful. So anyway, then she sings kind of this folksy, um, classic rock type of music, and um, it's so beautiful. And you could tell Letterman's just like, he can't, he doesn't even know what to say. Like, he's totally awkward after, like, just seeing this kind of unfold, this magic unfold in front of him. It's super charming and uh, really, really interesting. And I loved it. And I need to buy her music. If I find her name, you know, by the time I publish this episode, I will put a, a note in the, show, in the show link so you can check it out on iTunes. So the other best thing I read this week and it's speaking of celebrities and the letter C, or even D, <laughs> D-list celebrities. If you have watched The Bachelor in the last few years, you may or may not follow some of the updates on past contestants. I 100% do, and I'm both ashamed and proud of how much I do know about the, <laughs> the underbelly of hashtag Bachelor Nation. Oh, I hate that hashtag, by the way. But this week, Ashley... Akineti and Jared Hibbon or announced that they are together. And if you know anything about their fateful love, you were probably as star-crossed as I was. And it was just like really <laughs> sweet. And I'm really embarrassed that I'm even talking about this. Um, and it was just, it was just like, I don't know, it was such a good week because I didn't care at all about the royal wedding. I didn't really like follow anything. I'm not super interested in that. But I did watch clips after and I loved it. 
it was like oh my gosh it was so magical and it made me feel like there was love in the world again I feel like it's been I don't know there's just so many crazy things going on and it just felt like ah you know we can all set aside our like cynicism and views and stuff and it was just like this beautiful testament of of marriage and people you know two people coming together that love each other and oh gosh the pictures that came out of it were just so beautiful and that second dress she wore oh my it was just amazing so anyway very happy news with Ashley I and Jared <laughs> and the royal couple so I I <laughs> There is no segue for this next section, but on that note, I want to talk about face razors. <laughs> Do you use them? They are the most ingenious solution to hair removal. I don't think they work for everything, especially if you have darker, thicker, coarser hair on your face, but my sister told me about them a couple years ago, and I am 100% sold, and I feel like they're getting more and more common, but the last couple of months, I have really neglected my eyebrows, all in the name of like growing them out. But really, I was just too lazy to like groom them, like to pluck to pluck them. They also haven't; they don't grow as much as they used to. Just like my mom always said, she's like, "Oh, don't over pluck your eyebrows; they'll slow down in your late twenties and thirties." And she's very right. Um, luckily, I still have quite a bit of my eyebrows. But um, anyway, they were getting pretty bad, <laughs> and I got a burst of radical self-care energy last Saturday, and I plucked them. I like locked myself in the in the bathroom for 15 minutes and plucked my eyebrows and then I shaved you know under them like the tiny blonde hairs that like are all over or whatever and that I've just neglected for months and oh my goodness I think I might I think I look a lot better <laughs> I think it was really bad and I didn't realize but my eyes look a lot more open and my face looks clearer and I think because, and it also because using the razor, a face razor, it scrapes off like some of the dead skin. So it just makes your face look clearer and makeup goes on smoother. But to me, my eyebrows look like night and day. And if I comb them, um, like I use a little comb on one side of the Anastasia brow pencil that I that I have and only very occasionally use. But I do use the comb. Then it, it and like kind of brush them up. Then they think, it's like they look really nice. Um a lot nicer. Anyway, do you use a face razor? And I'm really curious if a lot of people use them. I thought like no one used them and I felt weird. I'm like, oh, should I even be using this on my face? But it's just so awesome. I couldn't stop. Or maybe you've been using one forever and you just knew about them and this is way old news. But I would love to hear. And I'll add a link to the show notes of the pack that I get. On, on the hunt, I'm looking for a new backpack. I don't use diaper bags, but I'm choosing between a couple of different Everlane backpacks um, that I think are really pretty. I feel like I should get black because we all know that this is a bag that's going to get absolutely filthy because I'm at playgrounds all the time and I love not worrying about having a super nice bag that can't get dirty. But I do love like a really pretty colorful bag too, or a light gray. Um, I have a Topo Designs bag that I really like right now, but it's a little small and starting to get pretty grimy inside. I've washed it so many times and I just can't seem to get it totally clean. Um, but I, so, And I also think I need something a little bit bigger by the time the baby comes in the end of summer. Do you have a backpack that you love? I'm 
I do have a few requirements. <laughs> I don't want any strings that I have to pull to open it or buckles. And I don't want it to be dark on the inside because I feel like when it's really dark on the inside, dark fabric, you can't see what's in your bag. And I hate not being able to, um, if I, I need to have an, a small outer pocket that I can throw my keys and wallet into. And it needs to be light because I'm going to be carrying it quite a bit. Um, and it will probably be weighed down with the things I need to put in it. If you have a suggestion of, of a bag that you love, could you email me at coastallycummings at gmail.com? That's K-O-S-E-L-I-C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. Or leave me a comment on Instagram at coastwriter, K-O-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Okay, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much everyone who participated in my IG stories poll last week. It was super helpful. And I now know more about what you all want to hear on the podcast. Like, I heard from a lot of you that you want to hear more pregnancy updates. You want to know about more products that I love. You want to know more about copywriting, like what it is and how to get copywriting work more about life with three kids, almost four kids, and more book recommendations. And I'll be incorporating more of these topics into future episodes. Until then, talk soon. That's it for this episode of Little Things. If you'd like to rate Little Things in iTunes, I would love that. Also, share this podcast and episode with your best friend or sister. If they don't know how to download a podcast under their phone, help them download Pocket Cast and subscribe to Little Things. Just think of how happy you'll make them the next time they have to wash dishes or work out, and they remember there's a new episode to listen to. I'm Coastly with Little Things. Talk soon.